Hi, welcome back to Bridgerton Bitches. Today we're talking about book club. We're reading uh, The Viscount Who Loved Me and we're on chapter 10. My name's Christina. And I'm Natalie and welcome to Bridgerton Bitches. Cool. So should we give like a little bit of a summary of where we left it on chapter nine? Yeah, I have a total mind blank. Uh, Do you know what happened in chapter nine? Yes, so um, there was the game of Pow Mow, wasn't there? Um, and they were arguing about who was going to get which um, croquet stick thing, Pow Mow stick. Um, and that's kind of where we ended it, I believe. That's right. So the situation is the Bridgertons have a party and Colin and Anthony, they've gotten together, decided to have a... They call it Pow Mow, don't they? Or Crochet? Croquet. It's like Croquet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then basically, yeah, Anthony's gone off to get Edwina. And yeah, that's where we open up, really, with the beginning of the game, I suppose. What were your thoughts on Lady, Whistledown, uh, blah, 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 Lady Whistledown's introduction to this chapter? Okay, I'm really sorry. Um, I've kind of stopped reading them because... Same. Every time I read them, they're just really something of nothing or they're a little bit boring or yeah. they're really vague. Yeah, and I find it a little bit, I don't know, her tone, I'm not digging it. But basically, it, it, in today's chapter, she says something like, the country house parte um, has surprising betrothals and she alludes to proposals happening in the country house party. So I was thinking in this chapter, oh my gosh, is Anthony going to propose to Edwina? That's what I thought this was going to be predicting. Mm. Not the case. Bit so, of a red herring. Massive red herring, yeah. Um, so the chapter begins with Colin saying, you certainly took your time getting here, as Anthony and Edwina walk towards the rest of the Bridgertons and Kate, and they're all they're all ready to play Pow Mow. What do you think yes, of I'm that sure. comment by Colin? Yeah, um, I've noticed that Colin has a lot of personality in this chapter and in this book in general, especially compared to the TV show. He's quite flirty. He sometimes says things that are a little bit inappropriate and people like Daphne have to pull him up on it. But he's really quite, um, yeah, he's very confident and challenging. And is that what you were kind of thinking? Yeah, and I almost felt like he was speaking on behalf of Kate, like being her champion, because he could see in the previous chapter how Kate kept asking him what time it was, and he could, and he'd made that comment as well, hadn't he? Like, oh, don't worry, Anthony's not going to be ravishing your sister. So I thought it was yeah, quite inappropriate. Yeah, so I thought it was quite nice that he almost on behalf of Kate, he was like, oh, you took your time. Like he almost was. It was like a slight bashing of Anthony, like mm. a little, like a very gentle telling him off, maybe I don't know, but I liked that about him and and I was but also, also I think he's like to stir doesn't he like to stir things up a little bit and tease people oh right yeah maybe that's it as well but did you notice he's quite flirty yeah so um basically Anthony is annoyed because he's been left with the pink mallet and for some reason that's like the worst thing ever um and Edwina tries to console him by saying oh, you shouldn't have to have pink, take mine, I've got the blue one. And Colin interrupts and says, no, I chose blue for you to match your eyes. And I was like, hmm, flirty. Rake in training, I think. Yeah. Um, 
But also in that scene where Anthony's like, I've got the pink mallet, foot stump, mm, um, I felt like he acted like a bit of a child, which for some women oh yeah is not a turn on, you know? You know, he might be telling Edwina off right now, so he needs to, he needs to monitor that a little bit. But Colin, um... Colin comes to the rescue and he kind of defends and protects Kate and he says something like, oh, I offered Kate the choice first and she happened to choose your black mallet. So I quite I like that. That's that's two occasions where I feel like there's a nice little relationship between him and Kate in this book. Yeah, and just to add to what you were saying about how much of a turnoff it is, I totally agree. Like when I was reading this whole chapter, seeing the behaviour, the competitiveness and like the overaggression, it just felt really childish and it I'm not gonna lie, like you know I've got a massive crush on Anthony. Mm. As I was reading this chapter, I was like, Oh, it's just a really unattractive trait, this like competitiveness to the point of like where they start behaving like children and I just I personally didn't find it very attractive you know what is attractive what Colin I fancy Colin so much in this book he's so cute he's like a mix of the tv Benedict and the tv Colin because tv Benedict gets all the best lines but where is Benedict in this book yeah, this is weird, isn't it? Because now you've said that, I was like, oh, my God, we've literally heard nothing from Benedict. That's weird. And I was going to ask you why you think the TV show completely destroyed Colin's character compared to what it is in the book. I don't know. You're right. I think they maybe did give it to Benedict instead. Maybe because he's the next eldest. And but maybe in- they were going to do Benedict's story next. Yeah. In the book, though, they've taken the Bridgerton family that we see in the TV show, like Gregory and Hyacinth. They don't make a, they don't feature in this book. Um, mm. They've they've reduced the family. And maybe it's just a case of actually like they just don't have a function in the book. You don't want to overwhelm with all these characters. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I guess in the TV show, they, they have to kind of characterize maybe like each of the characters. So... Benedict is like the funny creative one and Colin's the kind of a little bit lost trying to find himself and Anthony's the rake I don't know maybe that's what they did in the tv show I just feel like they really screwed over Colin mm. in the tv show because I remember us talking about it and we were just like I well, I in particular just find Colin really boring um and lacking charisma and um reading the book I'm like poor Colin he got a really bad representation in the tv show maybe that will change in the next season I think maybe it will maybe they it's like a character development like they're playing that long game like they want to show how his personality's changed from that whole marriage palaver in season one and then season two he comes to the rescue maybe they're playing the long game with Colin I'm ex- I'm actually really excited in season three I can see me getting falling really in love with Colin season three I can see it happening and I can see it happening yeah. with you as well and I'm going to make you eat mm. your words I don't know though because I prefer a bit of a bad boy but anyway, um, getting back to the Pal Mal, so what really annoyed me uh, with Edwina, I find her really frustrating, which I think I've expressed before. So Kate's really confident she's getting involved. Edwina has quite a formal, meek, demure way of like interacting with them. So she says, I think they ask her to go next, it's her turn, and she says, I should rather go last so that I have a chance to observe the play of those 
more experienced than I. And I was just like, oh, Edwina, like, it's just lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're lame. It's like, You're it's over polite. It's really like, it's just a little bit pathetic, no? I read it more like, oh, I'll go last so I can kind of see what you what you guys do. Like, in my head, she said it more like that. Like, and that seemed pretty reasonable. So if you had just met a group of people and you're playing a game and you've got no idea how to play it, is it not reasonable that you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll go last so I can see how everyone, how everyone else plays it? Like, to me, but that wasn't it, an issue. That was a non-issue. But say it in a way that's, like, friendly and jokey and, like, not so serious. Okay, Is it just then, me? Am I hating on her? how would you say it then? I, but there's no laughter. There's no, like, I don't know, just like, um, how about this? You make a joke about it. Like, Kate will, will be witty and, and joke about things. And it's all very, she just, maybe, do you know what I think this is for? Is to show us again and make it really obvious that Kate is fitting into the family really well yeah. and Edwina isn't. Yeah, and there are a few things that happen afterwards, I think, clarify that. I suppose Edwina could have said something like, for once I'm making a complete fool of myself, I'd rather see how the game goes, or, if see, I'd, I'd, or I'd rather have the upper hand, and I don't know, it's difficult see, on the spot. that was way better. Maybe you need to give Edwina a break. On the spot, it's hard to think of these things. Um, well Kate manages perfectly fine so I think I like Edwina more than you um I also put after this I fancy Colin but I oh because he said Hastings hit the bloody ball yeah why is He's that a hot boy, Colin why is that hot you seem to like that Colin is taking charge and being bossy are those mm. kind of character traits that you find attractive yeah yeah you like the dominant the dominant stuff I'm quite passive so I like to be told what to do just keep it really simple <laughs> but we also see in this dynamic that Hastings is like utterly in love with Daphne and he's he says does whatever she says it's lovely, it's lovely. but if you were playing Palmer with Colin mm -hmm. and it was a bit of a first day and he went Natalie hit the bloody ball you're telling me mm -hmm. that you would like that not if he said so it like I... that but if he said it like this babe Darling Natalie, hit the bloody ball and then kind okay, of winked nice. at me and winked at me. Yeah. And then grabbed my ass. <laughs> <laughs> or, you I know. I feel like that's not how it was coming across when I read it in the book. I feel like you've you've changed that quite a lot but fair play I think it would be would it would be creepy if Collins said hey babe to, to Hastings hit the bloody ball wink that would be more sexual towards Hastings yeah. although a little bromance there that's what this mm. chapter needs but I said that I felt like Colin is just really embracing um especially Kate as part of the family it does feel they, they make a comment later about how he's like oh later on he's like are you sure you're not a Bridget in disguise oh. oh I really didn't like that I was just gonna mention that later because I was just like oh bomb yeah. it was too much wow that really that was very strong reaction, Chris. What was your I reaction? Like no, I got that from the bomb. Um, <laughs> what was your reaction then when they're all talking about what the first wicket will be in the game and the last? And Daphne's there saying, no, no, that's the last wicket. And Auntie's like, oh, that should be the first wicket. And then Hastings is like, oh, I'm going to listen to my wife. And then Kate butts in and says, it was Kate who set up, it was Daphne who set up the the course after all and then everyone looks at her as if oh you got balls 
literally for um for joining in the conversation did you like that I mean I don't know I mean what I didn't like is that immediately after that Daphne says I do believe I adore you Kate Sheffield and mm. then Anthony put God help me and I just thought do you know what who I felt sorry for Edwina. I felt sorry for Edwina because I thought this is her betrothed and Kate mm -hmm. is just stealing all the attention mm -hmm. onto her. She's, you know, like anybody who visits the in-laws for the first time and then had a sibling who was like basically stealing all the attention. And I just felt awful for Edwina when Daphne said that. And I just, again, I felt like they did this in the TV show. Mm -hmm. They really are. There's no subtlety in Bridgerton. Like they're really ramming it down our throats that, um, Kate and Anthony are so similar and Kate's fitting in so well and I just thought we don't get to see Edwina's reaction do we about that Edwina is your marmite so in the UK we have this like vegetable spread that's like treacly and black but it's quite salty and they have a, an alternative in Australia Chris do you know what it's called Vegemite 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 and in the UK they say you either love it or hate it it was like a thing with Marmite. You have a lover or hate it. And yeah. I'm getting the vibe that Edwina is your Vegemite. She's your Marmite. I feel like Lady Danbury was my Marmite as well because I did not like her and you really, Loved really liked her. her. I saw that I don't like Edwina. I think I find her frustrating. And maybe the reason I don't like her is because it would be very easy to be in Edwina because if yeah. you're feeling really unconfident and shy, I guess that's how I see her. Um, yeah yeah and I find it I find it frustrating yeah I like Edwina I love her I do love her because I, th I think she's quite relatable whereas Kate's maybe how a lot of people might want to be or maybe are or maybe that's how I'd like to be but actually I identify with Edwina a lot more um so they get really competitive don't they everyone starts playing the game and we don't really get much mention of Edwina it's all about Kate and Anthony and their balls basically um basically Can their I balls just and yeah sorry just before that there's that one was, thing that, that was very does. that was very Kate of you just... I know um there's one thing that Edwina does and I thought oh Edwina has claws because she goes to hit her ball and she does very badly and Anthony says uh pop more muscle into it next time mm. and then it says that Edwina muttered under her breath right I never would have figured that out. And I was like, ooh, Edwina's starting to get a little bit sassy. Yeah, but it's sad because it falls on deaf ears. Deaf ears. So everyone is so like, oh, Kate and Anthony and Kate's banter, that actually Edwina does have a spicy side to her and no one reacts. And that made me feel sorry for her too. Because I feel like she tried being polite by being like, oh, I'll go last. No reaction. Then she tries to be spicy, no reaction. She does something at the end of this chapter, which I think is her frustration at feeling invisible. Yeah, but just mm -hmm. before what you've mentioned, I was just going to say that before that happens, Anthony and Kate's ball gets gets kind of put together. And Daphne's like, oh, no, you know, bad luck. And Kate's like, oh, what's going on? And Kate says to Anthony, what are you going to do to me? And I thought, well, that is a very suggestive question I thought it was hard if Colin had turned to Anthony in that situation and said oh what are you going to do to me Anthony would have been like what do you mean what am I going to do to you do you know what I mean it felt sexual and then Anthony replies it was. To, to Kate 
what am I not going to do to you? And I was like, guys, keep it PG. Yeah, when that happened, I loved it. And I was mm-hmm. like, finally, there's a bit of sexual tension in the conversation that's kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. And I'm into it. I'm into it. And then I would have liked it if when he said, what am I not going to do to you? He did like an insight into Anthony's mind and he yes. started to fantasize about all the things he wanted to do to Kate sexually. Anything... But I, I, they didn't go there because I think maybe she was the, the writer was trying to be a bit more subtle. Um, but I liked it. Is there anything in particular that you would have liked to have seen happen in this stage of the book when he says, what am I not going to do to you? As in terms of his sexual fantasy at that moment? Anything. I just imagine for some reason straight away he's thinking about maybe tying her up. Mm-hmm. I don't know why my, my mind went to that. I think because his language is quite um, domineering. Yeah. I would have liked it if he'd said, what, and then walk towards her, am I not going to do to you? <laughs> then, it's, then it starts to rain. Okay. And then he goes down on her. That sounds no. like that fantasy you wrote before it was awful. What episode was um, that fantasy episode? Because that was hilarious. I'm not sure. I we have to find out. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that conversation happens, um, and um, they start talking, and he says to Kate you really ought to treat me with more respect. And he does a slow, sly smile, which, mm. again, I, I liked. Sexual. Um, and she's, Kate replies, after you tarry with, with Edwina, I should have you drawn and quartered. A bit over the and top. He replies, a bit over the top, no. I know. He replies, um, you are such Chris, a calm pe- down, love. <laughs> <laughs> um you are such a bloodthirsty wench. And I was like, wow, that language is really quite, I don't know, over the top. And also not attractive. It's not flattering. It's not ugly. No. It's quite ugly language. Wench. I mean, that's strange. And bloodthirsty, weird. Mm. But they have this aggressive, aggressive side. I guess maybe you, maybe possibly passionate, but maybe a little bit aggressive. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and then he watched entertained as her face grew red then white yeah and just before that the context for this i think is their balls are described as being next to each other but the author says their balls sat kissing on the grass and i was like here we go it starts with the balls kissing then it'll be them kissing mm. but i was wrong they don't kiss in the chapter and her kissing balls so, <laughs> <laughs> so he basically is really naughty he puts his foot on his ball and hits her ball really hard Mm. um and then you're right and then they do start to engage in a bit of banter and um and he just totally ignores Edwina really it's like basically the Kate show it's yeah it's kind of bad and this whole time we the author doesn't really tell us what Edwina's doing Mm. or like what she's thinking or feeling um and then basically Kate is then separated from the rest of the party because her ball is now really far back so she's just chilling minding her own business Mm. and then the next thing she knows Colin has whacked Anthony's ball all the way back near to Kate so Kate's happy on one hand because she's got this really competitive thing going on with Anthony and she's like ha 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 now he's lost Mm. but at the same time she's like oh great now we're gonna have to hang out and have a conversation so he ends up coming back 
to where she is. Um, did you notice like a, an underlying metaphor going on about the way they were playing the game? I picked no. up on, but I don't know if I'm reading too far into it. Um, so basically, Kate wants Anthony to lose, and she's trying to consider how she can do that. And he says to her, the only way you're going to ruin my game is to ruin yours as well. <gasps> and then it says, that the narrator says, if she wanted to send him into oblivion, she'd have to send herself there too. And I was like, oh my God, this is a metaphor because for Kate to fall in love with Anthony and be with him, she has to ruin her relationship with her sister. So it was almost like for her to find love, she has to destroy her sister's chance of love. And the same with Anthony. The only way he can be with Kate is to ruin... Do you know what I mean? I'm not... Yeah. Do you see... I feel like that was a massive metaphor to their I situation. That works. The language fits, doesn't it, for, for meaning something mm. more than just the game. Nicely spotted. I know. They basically have a bit of banter to and fro where he's like, oh, you know... You know, you could, you know, don't sabotage your game. If you try hard enough, you might get into second and third place. And she's like, oh, well, seems little point. I'm so far behind that they're playing with each other. And again, like you say, Chris, ramming it down the reader's throat that they're basically the same person. They're both really competitive. So she basically sabotages her chance of winning and she hits the ball so that it enters, it eclipses his ball and his ball gets sunk into the pond, into the lake. Yeah, and um, it's at this point that Colin is just ecstatic that she's done this and helped him make Anthony lose. And that's when he drops the line, which, again, I didn't like, made me feel gross. Mm. Are you certain you're not disguised as a Bridgerton? And I was just like, oh, come on. You've known her for, like, 45 minutes. Like, it was just a bit too much. That's not strictly true. Isn't she, isn't he the first Bridgerton she actually meets? So I know what you mean. I know I'm exaggerating, but I just, I kind of felt like it was a bit over the top, mm. especially as they all know, like, Edwina's there. And like, if Edwina heard that, I just, I just don't know, I feel bad for her. I felt awful for Edwina. It's insensitive, isn't it? And I just felt like throughout the whole chapter, literally, even when Anthony's winning, he's like, oh, there's little pleasure in my victory when I can't enjoy um, Kate Sheffield's reaction. And he makes no effort to talk to Edwina mm. at all. He ignores her. So He not does cool. ignore her. Not cool. So And it this... even says, it even says, the narrator says, Edwina was silent up to this point. Yeah, this is where um, things kick off a little bit, Edwina Styles. Do you know what happens? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go? So all of a sudden, you know, everyone's talking about hurrah, hurrah, you know, victory. Anthony's a loser, Kate's the winner, well done, blah, blah, blah. One of the family, blah, blah, blah. And then Edwina says, what about the ball? You know, surely you're no, not going to just... She won't... Surely... She won't let it go. Do you going to keep talking over me or...? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she won't let it go. And she's like, oh, fine, I'll get the silly old ball. And I was like, where's this frustration come from? Where's this anger come from? Is it because you want attention? Or is it because you're poor and, like, you come from a poor family and actually, like, you don't have any balls at your own house and it makes you feel quite sick that they're just, this rich family are just, like, plumping 
plumping plumping balls into the pond like, is that her trigger maybe it's a metaphor for Edwina needing to get some balls because nice. she's so unconfrontational yeah but yeah it, I found it a bit weird that she wouldn't let it go like basically they ignored her so she's like surely we should get the ball no reply mm. oh but you know you can't keep losing balls um and then and then it's not until she goes, fine, I'll go and get it. And she's going to go towards the lake. The people are like, oh, no, 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 don't. Like, they totally ignore her. Like, I just mm-hmm. thought, again, she's, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. She's boring. Um, I don't know. Is that if harsh? I feel I harsh because she's really sweet. But people just ignored her when she was talking. And I was like, oh, my God, they think she's boring. They're just not her people. The Bridgertons are very competitive and they just they don't. It's almost like whoever shouts the loudest gets the most attention. And in that dynamic, Edwina's never going to win. Like, you've got to have quite a forceful personality in that kind of group of people, don't you? Yeah. Or, or maybe on the other hand, if I if I try to empathise a little bit more with Edwina, maybe you're right. And actually, she thinks the Bridgertons are spoiled because they're quite happy to, and they're rich, to just throw you know balls into the lake and not bother getting them. And mm. she just sees them as a lot of spoiled, competitive children. And she's a little bit annoyed by that as well. Maybe. Or maybe she's like, actually, you guys have just ignored me for the whole game. I feel like absolute shit. I I have I wanna have something to say. Like this is my contribution because I have nothing else to say to you people. All you care about is like winning. Like maybe she just doesn't really get she's not competitive. Um and she just thinks it's a bit weird. And they haven't made any effort to get to know her, like in this chapter no one's really made any effort to get to know her and this is the first time she's met them all as well and I feel bad for her and also you know when you're like part of a family or you're part of a really good close of friends you have your inside jokes and you chat and it's really easy to get swept up in it all but if you're new like you're not going to start off on that same level so you could argue that actually Kate is like wow you know she's just gone straight in making comments as if she's part of the family Edwina was always going to fail if they were going to compare the two you know I I feel for Edwina Kate's not supportive here no yeah um so basically Kate um Auntie Anthony says no don't worry I'll go down to the lake and get the ball mm-hmm. um and oh who goes to follow him Kate goes down there as well so by this time by the time Kate's gone down to the lake Anthony has removed his boots and he's wading in the water I was hoping that there'd be like a Mr Darcy lake scene where Anthony kind of jumped into the lake and he came out and he was soaking wet Mm -hmm. and Kate would see that but that didn't happen Mm. um do you not think the whole Anthony foot fetish thing was strange I kind of liked it did you? Because I thought she, it was really strange. She says, "Oh, I, you know, I didn't mean for you to get your, you, for you to freeze your toes off." And then he says something like, "For a split second, he had the strongest desire to see her toes." And I was like, "That's so hot." Really, I do not find that hot at all. I think I just don't find feet hot. Dearest listener, do you find toes hot? This is going to be a poll, so think about that. Okay. This is going to divide divide everyone. Do you um, want to see Colin's toes? Not particularly. Um, that is funny though that he should have that thought. He, you know, he's cold. He's not comfortable. Um, and there was also a nice bit of banter because Colin goes down with Anthony to retrieve the ball, and I think 
I can't remember at what point this happens, but basically Anthony's like, where, you know, pink's a stupid colour. And I was like, Anthony, you're you're not four. Like, you know when you're I young know. you know when you're younger, you sometimes attach these these feelings to certain colours, like everything's gotta be blue and you might not like the colour yellow. I was like, Anthony, wow, like you're forty, you know? Pink, you know, does I pink really threaten did. your does pink really threaten your masculinity so much that you have to it's you say you like you He's clearly not confident in his sexuality or his masculinity if he's that scared by a pink ball. Well, didn't you say that pink wasn't a feminine colour at that time? Yeah, like, historically it wasn't. But I guess the writer is, like, she's not making it very historically accurate, to be fair. But but in the Regency period in which this is set, would pink have been a colour that men would have worn out and about town? Well, I read that, yeah, traditionally... It was the little boys would wear pink and little girls would wear blue. Even in the Regency times? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think up until Victorian times. Um, But what's funny is Anthony says something like, oh, even purple would have been better than pink. Uh, Where did the purple mallet go? And Colin's like, oh, don't know. Like, he won't admit that he's, like, the troublemaker, which makes makes me laugh because it reminds us that there's a hierarchy in the family. And when they're alone, maybe Colin is a little less, like, cheeky monkey. Yeah, you're loving the Colin of the book. I love him so um, much. During this interchange, and I'm not sure what starts it, um, seems to be after he's thinking about her toes, mm. Anthony starts to wonder if perhaps him and Kate like each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, Kate hands him a blanket because, you know, she doesn't want him to freeze. And he responds in a way that's quite surprised at how thoughtful she is. Mm. What did you think of that? I liked it. And it, something happens here. As they're walking back, there's like a slight change. And she and Kate can see that um, Colin and Weena have walked off together. And she says, oh, they've gone off on their own. I can with, I can stand a bit more of your company if you can stand more of mine. And yeah. she looks at Anthony because she knows that he could probably have a bit of a quip there. But he doesn't. He looks distracted. And she's like, my lord, are you okay? And I really wanted the book then to cut to his perspective so that we knew what he was thinking in that moment. Yeah. Um... It, it says um, he was staring at her in a most peculiar manner. Yeah, and then she says, is is everything all right, my lord? She asked hesitantly. He nodded, fine, but he sounded rather distracted. Um, and the rest of the trip to the shed was met with silence. What on earth is the significance of this blanket? There's something going on there. I look, can I read the little passage just to see what our listeners think? Mm. There's something significant because it's just a bit weird how much detail they go into. Um, so they go back to the shed and he notices that the mallet was there, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then Kate says, the blanket goes in here, my lord, she said, with a with a hidden grin stepping out of his way. Anthony shrugged. I'll bring it up to the house. It probably needs a good cleaning. She nodded in agreement and they shut the door and were off. And I was like, why do we need this dialogue about the blanket? That's got to be significant. And, uh. you know, my normal prediction is that they're going to end up having sex on the blanket but I feel like 100% I thought that but then when you were reading out the bit where he says it probably needs to go clean I'm thinking I bet you and Sienna shagged on that blanket oh no I don't mm, you think he would have invited Sienna back to his house though in the country (laughs) that seems a bit dirty given that it was like a bit or maybe I don't know he's done something with one of the maids on that blanket it's a bit odd 
either it's a rake thing because why would it need a clean i don't know there's something it, weird going on there he has just come out of a lake though that's probably really dirty but then why not take it up to the house why put it back in the shed well, yeah, and I just think we don't need that behind the scenes dialogue unless it has to, it has to have a significance. So I... um I'm gonna call it now. The blanket will appear in the next chapter. In chapter eleven, as as early as that. Yes, I think so. I think it's gonna be really soon. Okay, well, thinking about chapter eleven, any other predictions before we finish today? I am so sorry, I forgot to think of any. But my prediction is just going to have to be centered around the blanket. And my prediction is that Kate will wake up in the night and there's a thunderstorm. And she goes onto the kitchen to get some milk, but she sees the blanket that Anthony used. And she picks it up and she starts sniffing it. What? And she feels comforted. And then Anthony, who's also woken up in the storm, walks into the kitchen. He sees her there, standing there, like cuddling this blanket. And they realise that, you know, something's going on. That the blanket is a, brings them together. That is a random as hell. Like, why, <laughs> why, why, I want to talk through this. Why thunderstorm and why kitchen? Well, I kind of stole the thunderstorm idea from the TV show because she's scared of thunderstorms, isn't she? Um, oh, yeah. And everyone in Bridgerton or in any costume drama or even on TV, like, if they're scared in the middle of the night, they always go to the kitchen. To make milk because um, it's comforting. Exactly. Oh my word. Okay. And then oh the my blanket. god, if that happens now, I'm psychic. Yeah, I didn't make any predictions. I was actually predicting maybe there'll be some sort of like dinner scene. We haven't had a dinner scene yet, have we? Yeah, no, you're right. That would make sense. Maybe a bit of conflict, or maybe Sienna, the opera singer, comes and does a show, and Kate overhears them. Maybe they've done that though, been there, done that a little bit. Mm. Um, before we finish today, um, really quickly, we did a couple of polls. So, one of our polls was what would you do in Kate's shoes to keep Edwina out of Anthony's clutches? And the winning poll was Tell Edwina he tried to kiss you in the study. See, he is a rake. And in our latest episode, which I think was episode seven, we are a little bit behind, aren't we? Because we pre-recorded some episodes before we did these polls. We said, um, is Anthony getting a little rough with Kate? Is it hot or not? What do you think? And someone put hot if she's into it. And I think that was Brianna Nicole. Love it. And that was the winning answer as well. And nobody liked my idea of telling Edwina that Anthony has a disease. Everyone went with the truth about kissing in the study, which means everyone that's listening are very honest people that aren't manipulative. So well done. Congratulations. That sounded very, very insincere, Chrissy. <laughs> I'm just an evil person. Yes, I think so. I think so. No, Um. well... Also, a massive thanks to Erin for your lovely donation. You, it goes into our coffee fund. Um, and just a little reminder that if anyone is enjoying the show and you would like to um, contribute some money towards our Kofi or coffee uh, account, the link is always in the alwaysdesperate.com. <laughs> always, <in, laughs> always, always in the description um, <laughs> in case you're wondering how to do that. <laughs> in case you were worried you can't get to sleep at night thinking how am I going to donate to Bridgerton Bitches account don't fret 
please do. Love it. <laughs> oh, anything else cool. before we finish today? No. Uh, yeah, join us for the next chapter. Apparently, chapter 12, something juicy happens. So we're only two chapters away from that. We're going to do a live read through, aren't we, Chris, to get the reactions? Sweet. Okay. Yay. Okay. Well, enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening.